2: Next week's games in the NFL. This is opening lines with Jonathan Montoble and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting
3: network. Welcome into the second hour of the opening lines here on VCN, the sports betting network. We got a lot to get to in the National Football League. We are already. Can you believe it, Matt Humans? Week fourteen of the NFL is upon us. I can believe it, and we have eighteen weeks. Remember that. Yes, too. so plenty of time out there in contests and whatnot to you know keep chugging along but this is where you got to start to
4: kind of pick up the pace a little bit right gotta pick it up uh three and two weeks okay but you really need to pick it up in uh, a four and one a five and oh down the stretch it's gonna be a big boost don't give up jvt don't ever give
3: up Yeah, could have had four and one last week if the indianapolis Colts is covered but hey, hey, hey not bitter in any way whatsoever picked up my money today i didn't need a backpack just put it that way <laughs> I would have needed one last week. All right, let's start on Thursday night. Pittsburgh Steelers on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. We begin here because this is our first matchup on the board next week. Minnesota, look ahead, was 3.5 with a total of 45.5, reopens Minnesota minus 4. Here's the thing with this matchup. So the Pittsburgh Steelers today, humans, get the win. Uh, the story is going to be, you know, Jim Harbaugh, or excuse me, John Harbaugh, uh, deciding to go for a 2 and the win at the end of that game. Because they had no corners. They had lost Marlon Humphrey to an mm-hmm. injury. Didn't want to chance it to overtime at a coin flip. and win the game. Get two yards. We can win this thing. Right. By the way, schemed up the play and got it. It just ultimately did not execute it. Yeah, I saw schedule. a lot
4: of people on Twitter, including some at VCEN, questioning John Harbaugh's decision to go for two uh, and say, well, if you got the better team, you want to take it to overtime. Who says they had the better team? <laughs> Didn't look like they had the better team in the second half of the game today. Giving but. up 17 fourth-quarter points to one of the worst offenses in yeah, the NFL. Well, they had a lot of defensive injuries, and I think that's why Harbaugh said, hey, we're, we're going to play to win the game now. And the, the truth is he made the right decision. Yeah. And if Omar Jackson makes a little bit better throw, they win the game and nobody second-guesses it. Correct. I yeah. think he they had a good play call. If you, Omar Jackson executes that, they win the game 21-20, and everybody says, John Harbaugh's gutsy. That's right. Gambled. He rolled the dice, Onions. and he won. Uh, but I, I still think it was the right move. Uh, yeah, it, it didn't convert to two-point pass, and you lose the game 20-19. to 19. I think the Steelers have uh, – it's interesting because Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Right. And this gets him, what, to 6-5-1, and one, I think, with yep. the win today. <laughs> this team is just smoke and mirrors, man. And uh, they're just trying to uh, – they're grinding it out and just trying to find a way to win – each week and I think it's kind of a tough team to bet on. Yeah. And you no, so, I bet on the Steelers too of the last 3 weeks.
3: Well, and that's, that's the thing <laughs> is, the, the situation has to be correct, right? Here against Minnesota yeah. uh, on a short week, you go on the road against the Vikings, and the Vikings who are coming off of a loss to the Detroit Lions today, um Although I think I believe if I remember correctly too, their streak is snapped of consecutive games of
4: the seven point or more yeah, lead led by too. four. I think the yep. biggest lead the Vikings had today. Right now, Circa is at Vikings minus three, Westgate's at minus three. And now, there's still a couple spots out there where you could grab Steelers plus three and a half if uh, you like the dog.
3: And you know, I I kind of get it, but I'll tell you this. If the market has the audacity to get this underneath that field goal, I think the Vikings would be a pretty good proposition to look at here. I get how disappointing they've been. It was a really bad loss. One of the sneaky things about the Steelers, they get this you know, its reputation, their defense. Mm-hmm. They have T.J. Watt and not, not much else. Right. Kirk Cousins and this Vikings offense would be able to have success against them. So, for me, if it gets under that field goal mark, which I don't think it would, but I think that would be the side.
4: I mean, I'm just not sure I could stomach uh, yes. putting real money on the Minnesota Vikings and having to watch a Thursday night game. It's going to be uh, three and a half hours. It's like a trip to the <laughs> dentist. Yeah. It's going to be painful. It is. If you bet this, and, uh I'm probably going to stay away. All right, so what do you do with the much-improved Kansas City Chiefs
3: defense? Uh, Look ahead was 10 with a total of 52.5. Reopened today, Kansas City as an 8.5 point favorite over the Las Vegas Raiders, who lost a couple miles away from us earlier today to the Washington football team. Uh, Right now on the screen, you're not seeing much on the board at all. I would assume that this reopens closer to that look ahead line of 10 than 8.5. Well,
4: the first time these teams played, Chiefs were three point favorites. Yep. Think about that swing, huh? Three point favorites in Vegas. Yep. Right. And uh, actually, some spots I think had 2.5. On the game, 41-14, to it got out of control. And um, the Raiders got some problems right now, especially if Darren Waller is not going to be out there. Do you think he's going to be back next week? I would not think so. Let me look. I would say he's questionable at best. Yeah. And uh, without Darren Waller, that Raiders offense is uh, uh, not going to put many points on the board, you would think, especially with this KC defense playing a lot better. Uh, I, I I mean, I guess he was listed as doubtful on Friday right, Waller, and ended
3: up not playing. The fact that he's getting a designation on Friday, at least it's not out, makes you think that maybe he can come back sooner rather than later, but that's going to be tough.
4: And he's not going to be 100% if he's out there, but I think um, he makes a big difference if he's on the field. If he's not, Derek Carr and the Raiders are going to struggle here. And I think the best bet, I don't talk much about totals, but I think under 52.5 might be uh, the better way to play it. And I see... Uh, the Westgate's dropped to fifty-one. You got a couple fifty-two and a halfs out there.
3: Yeah, and I got a tip, man again with this Raiders team. Third downs—they have been Ooh. so bad. Two of eight on third down today. Uh, yet again, the third downs are what kill them against Washington Football Team. Man, they had the opportunities, but you cannot be that bad on third down. Yeah, you know, a
4: lot of it goes back to Derek Carr early in the season, first half of the season. Man, he played really well. He yep. was sharp. He was sharp on Thanksgiving Day. Yep. Today, not so much. The Raiders came out and they were sleepwalking in the first quarter of the game today, and uh, you had a low-scoring 17-15 game at Allegiant Stadium. The crowd was electric. Uh, the Raiders just didn't bring it in the first half today. Yep. So we'll
3: move on to the next matchup here, and that would be the New Orleans Saints on the road against the New York Jets. Wow, what a fascinating game. Can't wait, huh? Look ahead with six and a half. Reopen six and a half with a total of 44. Got to tell you, don't think, even if it's the Jets, not in the business of laying points on the road with the New Orleans Saints, and I think the market kind of agrees with that. It goes from six and a half. Across the board now, those sixes are popping up. i, I look you could tell me that Ramchek, Teron Armstead, and Alvin Kamara are all coming back next week. Mm-hmm. To me, it's the quarterback play has been subpar over the last couple of weeks, and I don't know if you can trust him even against a bad team like the Jets laying that kind of a number on the road.
4: Yeah, I really have no interest in the Jets. Uh, things went south for them today. Yes, uh, Gardner did. Minshew was actually a big upgrade, I thought, a quarterback There's for the Eagles. There's a
3: real conversation we had about that there. Yes.
4: all yeah, well, three weeks ago I said uh, I thought the Eagles should have been giving him a look. I think that was after the loss here in Vegas. It's amazing what happens when your quarterback can throw for more than 200 yards, huh? Uh, Gardner Minshew made a big difference in that game, especially if you handicapped it, thinking Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback. I'm I'm not interested in betting the Jets, but you said it, and uh, I agree with it. You know, A6 on the road with the Saints, I'm not. Pass. <laughs> yep. uh, the other pretty ugly, too. Jacksonville on the road against
3: Tennessee. Uh, the look ahead here had the Titans as about a 9.5-point favorite with a total of 46. Uh, we actually opened over at some spots at 11. Now we're down to 10.5 across the board with a total of 43.5 or 44. And I, I find myself kind of in a similar situation as I was two, was it two, three weeks ago when they were playing host to Houston, mm-hmm. right? And that was a game in which they were a 10, 10.5-point 10 favorite against the Texans. And I'm just not sure at this point given what this team is dealing with from a personnel standpoint, that the Titans are in a realm where they should be laying numbers like this, even against teams like the Jacksonville
4: Jaguars? Uh, Probably not. Uh, This is going to be the last time you see the Titans lay a number like this this season, right? Yeah. Ten and a half. uh, I don't see any 11s out there. Ten and a half is the biggest number I see right now. I would would say that uh, that might come down a little bit uh, by game time. But, again, Jacksonville, Tennessee – Find something better to do with your time. <laughs> yes. Now, Julio
3: Jones could come back, uh, as could Jeremy McNichols. But remember, you're still dealing with the loss of Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, uh, what, mm. two weeks ago put on injured reserve. So this is still a very shorthanded Tennessee Titans team that's
4: still being power-rated pretty high by the market. doesn't make a lot of sense there. So Think about all these big-time college coaching jobs that came open this year. Urban Meyer, I'm sure, wishes he did not take the Jaguars job and stayed on the sidelines one more year. He could have probably could have had one of these big-time jobs. Did you what he did today? He in a situation near the end of the game. I think he ran a quarterback
3: sneak with C.J. Beathard, but then put Trevor Lawrence back in the game to like play out the rest of the uh, the, the game. I don't know what's going on there. He's got. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him either. He is uh, not the sharpest tool in the shed at this point. It's amazing how far you far when you get to uh, the NFL. All right. After that, we get to I think a fascinating matchup. Baltimore on the road against Cleveland. Now for Baltimore, right? This is their, uh, They did not have a buy in between, mm-hmm. so they played Cleveland. They played today against Pittsburgh. Then they played Cleveland again. For Cleveland. It was Baltimore by week, Baltimore. So they get a week to get ready for this matchup here. Look ahead was Ravens minus one with a total of 45. Actually, Westgate and other spots have reopened to Baltimore minus one and a half, but the market has corrected itself properly, I think. Cleveland now across the board, one or a one and a half point favorite.
4: Yeah, I'd make Baltimore an underdog in this game, yep. mostly because of the defensive injuries. And uh, by the way, Lamar Jackson has not played that well the last couple of weeks. No, he hasn't. That aside, the Baltimore defense is banged up. And I think that alone uh, is enough to... Uh, Make the Browns favorites, home favorites in this game, and uh, I, I, I would say even Browns two, two and a half. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't see a buy sign on the Ravens right now. I cannot believe they were four and a half point favorites of Pittsburgh today.
3: I, I agree. And you talk about smoke and mirrors. They think the Ravens are up there mm-hmm. as well as an eight and four team. I don't yep. think they're rated as, or they're rated a little too highly at this point. And one of the things to watch out for in this game too. Seven sacks for a loss of 34 yards today. Lamar Jackson against the Steelers. And this front seven for Cleveland is going to get after him yet again. No doubt. And against Cleveland last time, four interceptions that they could not take advantage of. So it's not like he was lighting them up Mm -hmm. last time either. So I agree. Uh, Baltimore, it's a sell sign for me more than anything else. I
4: guess the concern with Cleveland is going to be Baker Mayfield. Yes. And how healthy he is because he was bad last week in that loss at Baltimore. I, I would actually feel better about the Browns if he went with the backup quarterback. Yep. All right, um, next up here, we do spent a lot of time. It's not the best matchup. Atlanta
3: Falcons on the road against Carolina Panthers. Panthers 2.5 on the look ahead with a total of 45.5. This reopens Carolina 3. There's actually some 3s with like minus 115s on them out there on the market right now with a total of 43. We've talked a lot about the Panthers this season. You know how I feel about them. I'm very low on this team. I think this offensive line has been mm-hmm. atrocious all season long. It's been a reason why this offense has been so bad. And I just I'm not even at home, not in the universe of laying points with the Carolina Panthers in
4: any matchup. No, I, I agree with you there, but again, I'm I'm out on the Falcons too. Turned uh, away at the goal line. Arthur today. Arthur Smith is just a, he's a poor play caller. The Atlanta the Atlanta offense is short circuited, and um, it's kind of like, uh, what are you going to take here? The le- what's the lesser of two evils? I think maybe you would play Carolina if you could lay two and a half, but I'm certainly not going to lay three. And by the way, the Panthers who have played with a uh, poor offensive line and without Christian McCaffrey most of the season and with uh, two clumsy quarterbacks and Sam Darnold and Cam Newton are going to start P.J. Walker in this game, right? Yep. And going to have a new offensive coordinator because Joe Brady has been fired during the bye week. I'm really not sure what's happening in Carolina right now. I agree.
3: Yeah, by the way, Atlanta today, you're right. That's such a lost opportunity, especially when you get an interception return for a touchdown right before halftime. You were you were cooking with gas ultimately couldn't couldn't cash. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to on the board here, including a fascinating matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49.
0: No purchase necessary Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This is Opening Lines with Johnson Vontoble and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. All
4: right, the VSIM Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet. Smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowls, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets the guide is designed to give you an edge wherever you whether you're betting on every game playing contests or just want to find a few high value props and i love the bowl game contests every year the guide drops december 13th make sure to get your copy today for 19.99 at vcin.com so i subscribe i'll be working on that when i go home tonight after the show time to break down the bowl games and write up some of these matchups Last year in the V-symbol guide, I was 7-3 on the 10 best bets. Wow. Uh, how would how did the
3: uh, Davis Cruz
4: betting guide come out? Yeah, I have no
3: idea. Oh, okay. There's a boxing match, apparently. There's tonight. a big crowd here at the <laughs> Circus <laughs> Sportsbook
4: tonight, and uh, I don't think they're watching the Golden Knights hockey game for the most part. It's a boxing match. It's got everybody's attention. It's going to the scorecards, JVT. Oh, yeah.
3: All right. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's get a little out of rotation order here a little bit, just because this seems to be one of the better matchups on paper uh, for next week. And there's intrigue around a very important position. That would be quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow today, uh, and the Bengals. They, they stage a little bit of a comeback, actually, after being down big to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, found a way to cut it to a two point deficit against LA, but ultimately fall short 41 22 against Los Angeles after giving up 17 points in the fourth quarter. But the story here is Joe Burrow. Pinky on his throwing hand, gets banged up, humans. Uh, dislocated is the report, was extremely swollen, was dealing with it. He could tell he was in pain. Started handing the ball off with his left hand, so yeah. that's how much it affected him. So we don't know what his status is going to be for next week, but this opens, or look ahead was, 2.5 of the total of 47. Reopens at Cincinnati, minus 1.5, which is pretty much where it's at right now. But on the flip side, this is something we talked about, man, last week, leading up to this, which was pay attention to how these teams are rated. This is a San Francisco team whose power rating has been all over the map the last few weeks. Yeah. Four-point underdog at home against the Los Angeles Rams. You fast forward to this week, all of a sudden a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Seahawks. I thought that was too much. Right, and you lose the game outright to Seattle. So now here you are on the road under two-and-a-half here against
4: the Cincinnati Bengals with quarterback issues potentially. Yeah, I did switch up uh, in a contest. I played the Seahawks as a contest yeah, play, it which all uh, turned out well. That was a good last-minute switch on uh, one of the games. This is... 49ers had the momentum stop today. I think they were starting to feel really good about themselves back in the playoffs. Shut out in the second half. Yeah, not a good second half today in Seattle. Uh, Bengals got some issues too. And uh, Zach, Zach Taylor, a coach. I'm, I'm not sure I've seen this in the NFL. So the Bengals score to cut it to 24-6. to six. Mm-hmm. The play clock goes oh, yeah. down, and they had to call a timeout before yep. the two-point conversion. So I, I don't think they knew they were going to go for two, or didn't have a play ready. Anyway, you got to call timeout. Which okay, whatever. That's not a good use of a timeout. But this is even worse. They come back out. They don't get the playoff, and the play clock expires. Delay a game. Yep. They have to kick the extra point because they get pushed back five yards. How do you not get the playoff after you call a timeout? Yep. Oh, and didn't they miss? And then to the- make it worse. <laughs> The kid missed the kick. Yep. So it's still 24 to 6. That's some of the clumsiest stuff you're ever going to see in the NFL. Zach Taylor, get your act together. I don't really want to bet the Bengals right now with Joe Burrow's injury that you talked about. Uh, this is probably going to be a game I don't play this week.
3: Yeah, and like to give Burrow and the Bengals credit, like we said, we come back from that. And they had the ball. They were down 24-22. Looked like they were driving to potentially make something out of it. Mm-hmm. But then a fumble return for a touchdown just breaks it open for L.A. And, and the Bengals can never get back from there. But Burrow's an extremely good quarterback. But he's got to be healthy if this team's going to be competitive. right? And we saw that there today. And on the flip side, look. The San Francisco 49ers, as we talked about, I think from a power rating perspective, the market, it's funny, like, the market got, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, wait, San Francisco's back. Yeah, let's go, baby. And really, that's not not the case. Now, I know the Seahawks are struggling, but three and a half point favorites at Seattle. Yep. And so we'll see, too. And look, there were injuries part of this as well, right? Fred Warner didn't play today for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Adrian Peterson ran all over. No, Debo Samuel, right, uh, also injured. So this is going to be something to look forward to as the injury report for both of these teams as we get closer. But still, one of the best games on the board if everybody's fully available and healthy. And, by the way, the report of dislocated pinky finger makes you think at least that Burrow would be able to be available. Just pop that thing back in and keep going. With that, let's go to the NFC East. Big game on the board here. Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Washington football team. Washington has been absolutely hot uh, rolling right now at this point. Coming into this matchup with four consecutive wins and covers after beating the Las Vegas Raiders today on the road. But here's the big one. Logan Thomas, their star tight end. Horn ACL today, unfortunately, yeah, after getting hit down low by Yannick Ngakwe. So that's a massive blow for the Washington football team, who already has trouble offensively as it is. Just been winning on grit and grind. Uh, this one opens 4.5 today, humans, and it's still floating around that number, 4.5, but up to 5 in a lot of
4: spots with a total of 49. Logan Thomas is a difference maker. That's going to be a big loss for the Washington offense to lose that tight end. He's a stud. Man, hard to believe he's a college quarterback, right? Six-six. College. Detroit, who was a backup quarterback for a little bit, too, in the NFL. Yeah, 6'6", 250 pounds. Uh, there are a lot of things I like about this Washington team, and one of them is the toughness of uh, Taylor Heineke, who made the plays today. Derek Carr did not make him for the Raiders, and Washington finds a way to win the game. I think the Washington defense is playing pretty well. Chase Young, who needs him? Yep. Uh, really wasn't making a major impact before his injury, and uh, the Washington defense has been fine without him. Uh, I think Micah Parsons has been outstanding. The Dallas Cowboys rookie linebacker from Penn State. But the Dallas defense has slipped against the run in the past. They were lucky to pick on Taysom Hill Mm -hmm. last week in New Orleans. I think Taylor Heineke is going to be a tougher out. Uh, Five looks like too many to me. I'm not really impressed by the way the Cowboys are playing right now. I think I might take the home dog in the division game here and go with Washington plus five. It'd
3: be interesting to see what the market does, right? Because yeah. the odds makers tried to make the adjustment today to go
4: from the four from five to four and a half. Market said, not put it back up to five. So Hey, this yeah. Washington team, JVT, just beat the Buccaneers on the same field a few weeks ago. Man, some of the drives yeah. they put together too.
3: Like those a long, those long like seven, eight minute yeah. drives where they're right. keeping the ball away from teams. It's nuts what they're able to do. I don't think they're a threat to win a Super Bowl, no. but they're going to be a pain in the ass for whoever they play well, going they were, forward. They were, they were actually kind of a pain to the Buccaneers in the playoffs yep. last year. Yeah. All right, so now this is great, too. We talk about the wild swings of power ratings. This is what we're talking about here. Seattle Seahawks were just three-and-a-half-point home, uh, home underdogs to the uh, to the San Francisco 49ers, right? Get a big win over their division rival. Great. Now they hit the road, Seattle does. They are up to an eight-point favorite against the Houston Texans with a total of 43-and-a-half. Mm-hmm. The Texans are bad. I get it. And Tyrod Taylor got hurt today, but oh, boy. That's a really big swing what here had, for What had
4: happened to Tyrod Taylor, by the way? He was not playing well. Nope. I, I think the bottom line here is Houston's got s- such a um, discombobulated quarterback situation that you have to make him more than seven-point home underdogs against almost anybody. And, and the Seahawks still have Russell Wilson who can make plays. And uh, I, I'm not going to disagree with this line at seven and a half because are you really going to take your hard-earned money? You got a baby on the way. You got a wife... Kid at home, are you going to go out and bet it on the Texans plus eight? I don't think you are. Maybe, maybe not. I don't think you are. I don't know. They they, they served <laughs> me well a couple weeks ago against the Titans,
3: but they actually got like horrendously outgained and they just got five,
4: five turnovers. I think you got to take your money and run. You were right in that spot. Yep, for the Texans against the Titans, I would not want to back this team too many times. And uh, I see right now. Circa the highest in the market at Seattle minus eight. And by the way,
3: uh, misspoke. Uh, while Tyra Taylor is a little dinged up, uh, he was benched today. And this is more about quarterback play than anything else. David Kelly today, quote, uh, as starting quarterback, he will be evaluated. So we'll see if that's going to be Davis Mills. Tough or talk. Yeah. David Culley. Uh, very, very sound and analytic mind. Uh, Detroit Lions and the Denver Broncos. I got to tell you, so you always say, don't ask bad teams to do good things for
4: you. I've been taking some flyers on the Lions in the last well, the couple Lions of weeks. Been very profitable. It, it, you you cashed with the Lions again today. Great yep. job by Jared Goff. Poor job by the Vikings defense on that last play, just to let the receiver run untouched into the end zone. You got two DBs standing around picking their nose. How can that happen? Yep. I, that, uh, to no me, idea. that spelled the end of the Mike Zimmer era today. Yes. I'm done with Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. It's time to move on. Uh, well, Great and I can see I, the Lions get a win though. And uh, Jared Goff made made some pretty good throws on that last drive.
3: And i got to tell you, so the look ahead was 8.5 here in favor of Denver. Reopened 7.5. If this is over a touchdown, I'm in. I will say that right now. I don't think you can open the Broncos as more than a touchdown favorite over Detroit. At some point, you have to get it, right? Because while the Lions just got their first win this week, this is a team that is now 8-4 and four against the spread on the season. Right. This is a team that has clearly been very undervalued by the betting market. And now if you're talking about, again, against, I think, a relatively poor Broncos team over a touchdown, I'm backing in on Detroit.
4: Uh, I don't blame you. I mean, you've been paid off by the Lions several times. Uh, like you said, the Lions have been one of the better spread teams in the NFL. So after watching Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos tonight, you want to lay 8.5 with that team? No. 7.5, whatever the number uh, settles in uh, tonight or tomorrow morning? Uh, so, yeah, I think this number might be a little bit heavy for Denver. We have one more game we can talk about. we got three good ones at the bottom. Well, two out of three yeah. pretty good ones at the bottom of the rotation. How about Giants-Chargers? This Giants team is a complete mess going to the West Coast. Don't know who's going to play quarterback.
3: Lennon gets concussed today. Daniel Jones still dealing with a neck injury. So, who's playing quarterback for them? Uh, could be the name who escapes me, a former – it's Davis Webb who is still on their team, I think. Uh, and then, of course, the Bears and the Packers opens a – or excuse me – Look ahead was 11, reopens 13, and now you're talking about 12.5, 13, depending on where you look uh, for that contest. But you said it. The two best on the board, Bills at Bucks next week. And Rams at Cardinals. So when we come back after we talk with Dan Saley, we'll update all of those numbers and tell you where we think maybe those numbers are going to go. I'll tell you what, they're just going to float around a field goal all week long until we get to kickoff. But on the other side, uh, let's get back to the college football scene.
4: Dan Saley's going to be with us. We'll get his By the stuff. Way, yeah. Davis Webb is not with the Buffalo Bills. Up, Davis yeah, Webb. Iron. He is not with the Giants anymore, but. Dan Saley back from the birth of his second child. Well, wow. his wife actually gave birth to the second child. Dan, Dan Saley's been away for three weeks. So he will rejoin us next.
2: This is Opening Lines with Charles Levantobel and Matt Humans on Feast the Sports Betting Network.
3: Hey, check out that new prop tracker, folks. It's available on vison.com Helps you keep up with key NFL props at vison.com Current odds, as well as a movement each week, follow the trends, find the best value, track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check it out. Betting splits, key trends, and all the other stuff that we got up at vison.com slash NFL. All right, let's welcome in Dan Saley. He's nice enough to give us some time today. Uh, oh, by the way, Dan, of course, we'll do it on the air, too. Uh, congrats to you on the birth of your daughter. So I'm glad she's doing well. And it sounds like you're doing well as well, sir.
2: Thank you very much, sir. Uh, obviously, very pleased to have a healthy uh, baby girl to join
4: the family. Yeah, and he's got a baby boy named Raider. And uh, now he's got a baby daughter named Maverick. How about that? I- Raider and Maverick, the two kids in the uh, Saley family. Let's talk college football. You hit these openers. You've been on with us almost every week. You took a break for uh, the childbirth, but you're back with us now. And I know you bet these playoff games. And I think you played both favorites, Dan. Uh, Tell us why you like Alabama and Georgia, and at what numbers you bet those.
2: Definitely. Uh, I think you really got to play the numbers versus the teams, in in a way, for the playoff. And uh, let's take that first uh, Georgia-Michigan game. The number opened up at 7. And uh, I do have Georgia power rated about 10 points better than Michigan. But really, I'm thinking that that number will go up to 10. I, I saw it at another place at 9. Uh, I, think, uh, I think it will rise. Uh, looking at uh, Georgia and Alabama, which was kind of a surprise, you know, they had not faced a quarterback the level of Bryce Young, and he led them up for 421 yards. And, of course, Bama also eliminated the answer to whether it was problematic for Georgia to play from behind, and it is. Uh, Michigan, though, does not have Bryce Young, and Cade McNamara is not at that level. Michigan needs to run, and I don't think they'll have much success versus Georgia. The, the real question is Michigan's defense, which has been great, can they stop Georgia enough? I don't think so. I think Georgia. if Georgia gets the lead, it is over. I mean, this game could actually be somewhat close, but, again, I'm taking the seven because I believe it will go to 10 by game time. I'll probably take the 10 on the other side and try to middle it or at least have a uh, risk-free enjoyable game to watch.
4: Right, so Dan Saley laid the 7 with Georgia, but he might look to take 10 with Michigan if it gets there. Okay, how about Alabama? You laid 13 with Bama against uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats, right?
2: That's right, and again here, I I do actually have Bama only power rated 11 points uh, better than, than Cincinnati, but I'm looking, at, I'm looking at that number of 13, and I'm thinking there's no way this doesn't go up to 14 and a half or more. And again, I might be willing to take the other side of that and, and, and try to play a middle. You know, Cincinnati, the good news for Cincinnati is they're one of those teams that they play up to their competition or they play down to the competition. Well, thankfully they're playing a great team, so they're gonna play up to that. That's good for them. Uh, Bama having lost Mechie, I think that hurts. But again, Cincinnati has not had to face a quarterback as elite as bryce young they've been turning the ball over a lot lately georgia turned it over twice to to bama and that was devastating to them uh and also tell me you give uh, nick saban 26 days to prepare for this game against cincinnati and you really don't think that that's a problem for cincinnati it is Uh, i i'm I'm thinking bama wins this by two touchdowns Uh, you know it, it would be great if it was that I have the 13 and hopefully I can get on the other side and, and try to middle it i I think that is the, the best play the two favorites
4: all right football. college college football better Dan Saley with us and uh Dan let's just talk in general big picture about betting the bowls because uh like you said it's a different kind of animal to bet the bowl season and situational handicapping like jVt and I were talking about in the previous hour uh takes priority here just t- tell us some of the ways different ways you look at the bowl matchups.
2: Well, in case there's any uh, new listeners or listeners that haven't bet bowl games before, let me just remind them that bowl season is just the worst time to actually bet on college football games. And when I say it's the worst time, it's because there's so much information that you really need to make your decisions. You really have to find out which players are playing, uh, who's sitting out, who's transferring, which coaches are coaching. Are the coaching staffs lame up coaching staff? so they are out there looking for jobs? Are they out house hunting? Are they are they even really preparing for the game the way they should? Uh, also, you gotta you gotta look at are, are the players that are going to the game are they excited to be there, or has the program had a bowl drought and all of a sudden now they're in a bowl game so they're super excited? I'll give an example: the New Mexico Bowl. You've got Fresno State, their coach is gone,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: their quarterback Jacob Hayner, who's awesome, he's gone. They both went to Washington. Right. So who's coaching and who's playing quarterback? And who are they facing? And then you gotta look at that. Oh, they're facing UTEP. Okay. UTEP, that's their first bowl game since 2014. I'm guessing that they're very excited because if you look at their last few seasons, they went 0 and 12, 1 and one and 1-11, 3-5 last year, and now they went seven and five winning record, They're going to a bowl, and they're 13 and a half point underdogs. I'm not advocating that you go take the points with UTEP today. What I am saying is Look at the disparity between those situations. I see one team that's super excited to be there, and I see a Fresno State team with so many question marks. I don't know why anyone would want to lay 13 and a half with them at this particular bowl game. And those are the kinds of things you really have to look at. So if you're going to bet a bowl game, you better be sure that you have all kinds of information and not just you're looking at, oh, that team's better. Look at their schedule, who they beat, how they played. You know, look at the defensive numbers, the the Havoc numbers, all that stuff. You can do all that, and you should, but like you guys said, you have to look at the situation completely. You, you guys remember that Louisville-Florida bowl game with Teddy Bridgewater years ago? Sure. That's mm-hmm. a prime example. The Florida guys did not want to be there. They just did not, they did not care to even be in New Orleans. They were complaining about it. They took Louisville lightly, and what happened? Bridgewater lit them up. They were like a, what, 16, 17-point underdog, and, and they beat Florida by um, a couple a couple touchdowns, and that's one of those games that man, if you were if you didn't have the knowledge of of knowing what was going on with those programs, then you would have bet Florida, thinking, well, it's Florida, it's the SEC, they're going to crush Louisville, you know. But uh, that that's a prime example of of why betting the Bulls is treacherous. You know, it used to be pretty easy back in the day. Everyone wanted to play in the Bulls. Everyone was excited, and you generally got the best shot from each team. But man, the last 10 or so years, it has gotten progressively worse and worse and worse in terms of of, of trying to find out the motivations and, and who really wants to be there. So I, I would say everyone, be cautious, know your info, find out your info, and then go ahead and bet confidently once you have that info. All
4: right, JVT, we were talking about this. Dan Saley, College Football Better with us, uh, the situation's at Oregon. Oklahoma, Notre Dame, things like that with the coaching changes. One thing we didn't talk about was COVID, and i really getting right. tired of talking about COVID, but that's a wrinkle in the past uh, couple of years that you, you're never quite sure who's going to be playing in some of these games. But uh, ask him about well, you, the coaches that intrigue you, you the that most, of uh, JBT, the coaching situations that intrigue you the most. Yeah, Well, and Dan, did you have something to add there real quick?
2: Yeah, as I say, you saw that you saw that yesterday with uh, San Diego State. All of a sudden, we find out twenty-four players probably missing because of COVID, yep. or had missed practice time, or weren't going to play at all. I mean, it, it reared its ugly head right there. Um, but to get what you're talking about, coaches, one thing I've been thinking about is how the SEC West is shaping up. It's like that entire division; everyone's rising up. To try to face Alabama, to try to beat Nick Saban, just look at the coaches in the West. You've got Jimbo Fisher, Mike Leach, Sam Pittman, Brian Harson, Lane Kiffin, and now Brian Kelly. I dare say those are six of the most well-known named coaches. I'm not saying they're all great coaches, but they are certainly well-known named coaches. Big hires for all these programs, and and all these programs are just trying to face Alabama, so they're trying to get a, a you know a, a, some sort of uh edge up on them and I, I also keep thinking of the AFC east we had two decades of nobody hiring good coaches to face belichick imagine if that had gone the other way so i, I just think that's interesting how how these programs are and especially lsu taking brian kelly I mean, that was a big move as, as far as other coaching hires i think the best coaching hire is probably billy napier the florida he's known as a great recruiter he knows the south really well and if some of those problems in Florida can get out of the way, I think he can actually do really well. If, if I were Georgia, I would be not so happy about that move. And Please. then I, I would also say I think yeah, go ahead.
3: No, 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 go ahead, continue.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say the the best hire from within a program, which when I heard the hire, I was like, That actually is a great hire, is uh Washington State taking uh Jake Dickard. He he's been the uh the interim coach after they fired Nick Rolovich early in the season. And instead of Washington State rolling over and and just flopping and dying, because they lost some assistance as well. And I really thought they were in trouble. What did they do? They peeled off a bunch of wins and they won the Apple Cup and beat Washington. And I think Washington State was actually pretty wise because the players responded to this guy. They didn't have to do a big, extensive coaching search. And I don't even think they even had to pay much money. And they just hired this guy permanently. I thought that was a really smart move on their part.
3: Dan, it's good to talk to you again. well wishes to the family. Thanks for joining us, dude. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Yep, you too. Dan Saley. Bad Beat Bros still
4: up on Twitter? Love to talk about the bowl season, man. It's uh, one of the most challenging things you handicap all year, but I love it.
3: It is a pretty fascinating situation. All right, we'll come back, wrap it up. Two big games we have left in the National Football League.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
5: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is Opening Lines with Charles Tobel and Matt Humans on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Follow the money set in the road next week. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard will be live from the new DraftKings Sportsbook at Foxwoods Casino Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you're in the area, come down, meet the guys. Be sure to tune in every day from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern.
4: That's this week. Not we, next week. That, uh, sorry, Ron
3: burgundy did it. I'm all, I can only do so much with the copy I'm given. You
4: know what I mean? Sunday kicks off the new week. And that's why uh, we are doing opening lines from the Circus Sportsbook, taking a look at the bowl season and NFL Week 14 and the best Monday night football game of the year, hopefully tomorrow night. Ever, maybe.
3: Yes. Uh, And it ties into next week. So let's talk about this very quickly because the Buffalo Bills will be playing host to the New England Patriots. Three is the number. Two and a half is the number. Depends on where you like to shop for said numbers. Uh, But South Point's got that three, as does the Golden Nugget. Other else, two and a half minus 120 on the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. So you and I both have talked about this a lot. Both of us have doing a Patriots plus three, both ticket-wise, contest-wise. Going into tomorrow, from a matchup standpoint, you know, the things that we have looked at from Buffalo, and, and this will tie into their matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the things that have bothered Buffalo, defensively, it has been strong running games, right? Strong run-blocking offensive lines. The Colts did it to them a couple of weeks ago, right? So much smallish front seven, more geared toward pass rush, things like that. Uh, and ultimately, they suffer against strong ground games. New England Patriots can do that. One of the yeah. top-tier uh, one of the top uh, run-blocking units in the National Football League will just run down their throat consistently against every single opponent. And on the flip side, it's facing defenses that bend but don't break, will drop back and play coverage and force Josh Allen to pick them apart. And it has not been Josh Allen's game. It has been take advantage of the blitz. It has been roll out in the face of pressure, extend plays, Don't think Bill Belichick will allow you to do that on the flip end. By the way, an opportunistic defense has been forcing turnovers against a Buffalo quarterback that's been somewhat turnover-worthy prone over the last few weeks and over the course of his career. So from a matchup standpoint, it does seem like it's a relatively poor one tomorrow night, and given the weather too, right, against the uh, New England Patriots.
4: You know, it's uh, interesting. We sat here a week ago, and there were three-and-a-halves up there on this game, Patriots-Bills. And uh, we said if you like the Pats, grab that three-and-a-half. By Monday morning, most of those three-and-a-halves were gone. And uh, now you're seeing a lot of 2 and a halfs on the screen out there. Chris Andrews from the South Point joined us in the uh, first hour tonight. And uh, Chris has got uh, two-and-a-half on that game right now. So Bill's less than a three-point favorite. Same deal right here at the Circuit Sportsbook reset. Well, you know, South Point's actually pinballed back and forth from uh, two-and-a-half to three. And it's sitting on three right now. So you could still grab a three with the Pats. But in the market, I would say it's probably 60% at two-and-a-half, mm-hmm. 40% at three. You, can, you still have opportunities to grab three with the Patriots. I wonder about how the weather is going to impact the game Monday night, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to be bitter cold, uh, what you uh, might perceive Buffalo to be in December. I think the temperature is going to be low 30s. There was a chance, uh, I, I think a 60% chance of snow, and it was going to be significant. Yeah, the, the, I'm seeing that's not the case right now. Right? Okay. Yeah, so
3: it, like, And it, it varies, like weather and everything. The thing that I'm reading here is uh, wind gusts of about the 40 miles an hour, uh, temperatures dropping into the 20s at some point in the game, and then maybe lake effect snow is what they're calling it.
4: Yeah, and is. also the, it says light rain yeah. or um, maybe so um, be snow, right? And it's, yeah, it could be light rain showers tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you would think that turns to snow at night. So uh, how does the weather going to impact that game? I think the Patriots are obviously going to try to uh, establish the run, which they've done fairly well in uh, pretty much every big spot this season. And you, you can run on this Buffalo defense, too. So yeah. I, I think the weather probably helps out the Patriots a little bit. Um, we should
3: but, also point out, too, right, like Mac Jones and the Patriots, as well as this offense has been operating, it's not an offense that is taking big chunk plays downfield. Right. So it does work against them to a certain extent. Like, does your passing offense then become somewhat one-dimensional and the Bills can just sit back at the sticks and just limit everything in front of them, and it forces you into some tough situations as an offense, too. So,
4: well, that could to your be point. the case as well.
3: Right, yeah. So to your point, it, there, I think there's positives for both teams in a weather matchup like this.
4: We've also seen the total uh, come down a little bit, which is not a surprise. This I saw a total as high as, what, 45? Yeah. yeah. it's dropped to 41 for Monday night. And it was about to 46. Yeah, okay. So 46 was the highest, and now 41 is pretty much painted across the board As a total tomorrow night, you would think it's going to be a low-scoring game, right? Unless Mm -hmm. you have uh, special teams blunders or um, defensive scores or things like that. But uh, hopefully Mac Jones plays well in the the poor weather tomorrow night. But I think the Patriots will run the ball well enough to uh, give themselves a shot to win that game. And uh, by the way, these teams are going to play again in a couple of weeks. So uh, Patriots-Bills playing twice in the span of three weeks, right? Yep.
3: And so that's it. This is this is pretty fascinating. What this means for the division, what it means for the overall race, and the top seed in the AFC. I mean, if
4: the Patriots win tomorrow night, they're in the driver's seat to be the number one seed in the AFC. <laughs>
3: yeah, with the rookie quarterback of Mac Jones,
4: they've done a great job. Going to the game with six straight wins and covers. Uh, Patriots play at Indianapolis next week, and then home against the Bills on uh, the day after Christmas. Yep. Is that next week, or they have a bye next week? The Patriots is that part of Week 14? That would, be the, that would
3: be the week Actually, after, Actually, right? they got a bye. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. But for the Buffalo Bills, they don't. Which yeah, they, do, in,
4: they do have a buy. It yeah. seems like the buys should be, uh, in the middle of December, teams should not be having buys. Right.
3: It's pretty nuts how late some of these yeah. buys are, right? Titans getting their bye for the first time last week. There's this, like, week that just passed. Um, but there you see the schedule there for the New England Patriots. So, regardless, Bills next week, then, we talk about matchups, right? Have a really intriguing one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this one, we're talking about three and a half across the board. Those are pretty solid. I would expect that to stay. And then depending on the result of what this game is going to bring us, then we'll see that adjustment. One shop right now, three and a half even money. So if you want to take three and a half, you're laying a buck 20. And that would be, I think, where we're sitting at right now. Yep, but mm-hmm. circa. So this is what's interesting from this standpoint, because I think we talked about the weaknesses of the Bills potentially and how that plays into a game against the New England Patriots. But then when you take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I actually think that maybe that matchup works in favor of Buffalo, right? And we'll go back to the game against the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz did a really good job against this team when they decided, you know what, we're not running the ball successfully. Let's start opening things up and let's see if we can take advantage of this secondary. And sure enough, Carson Wentz, I mean, look, on throws, zero to nine yards downfield, the Omen's 15 to 23, buck 22, right? Nothing to write home about, but four or five on those 10 to 19 yard throws. He was three of eight, completed three balls downfield with 20 or more yards. Three big time throws in there. No turnover worthy plays. Like this is something where if you look at what the Bills can potentially do, in a much friendlier environment, too, by the way, which is going to be in Tampa Bay, like this might be a matchup that actually kind of works in favor of the Buffalo Bills, I think. Right, right.
4: I think it could, because you could definitely throw on that Buccaneers secondary. Our graphic up there is showing the opener a bucks minus three, but it's actually three and a half. Um you see three and that minus three and a half even money here at circa. Uh, I think if the Bills lose and don't look very good Monday night, you're going to see some fours pop up on this game. But, again, I, I don't think it's a bad matchup for the Buffalo Bills, like you explained.
3: Nope. I, I'm pretty, I'm really fascinated by what that's going to be next. I week. Mean,
4: that's we'll uh, that's the best game on the schedule in week 14. Yes. That's uh, an afternoon game, I think, on CBS. So that's not even uh, a featured primetime game next week. Bears-Packers next Sunday night at Lambeau. With fun. the Packers opening, uh, thirteen point favorites, 12-and-a-half right here at circa thirteen at the Westgate and most other spots.
3: Uh, I mean, I guess you go with Packers have been a pretty good cover team <laughs> like, in terms of mm-hmm. what you're looking at this, and, and they actually have like this season alone. Right now, we're talking about coming into this game nine and three straight up, ten and two against the spread for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they've been done. They've done very well against the number, and you're getting a Chicago Bears team as we know. Like, look, we're on fumes here at this point right now, yeah. waiting for the season to end. Justin Fields, of course, banged up. Andy Dalton got banged up today too. The offense is stuck in neutral; it just doesn't look really good.
4: Nah, I don't think you. I don't think you want to bet on the Red Rifle uh, against Aaron Rodgers in this game of Lambo next week. I assume it's going to be him because Fields has been banged up, like you said. Andy Dalton got knocked around today, but the Matt Nagy's going to be fired, and uh, the Bears. It's all about next season at this point. Uh, I, I do think that, you know every time they play the Packers, you're going to get a great effort. But again, you've had guys quit on the season, Khalil Mack. Somebody asked me last week, hey, whatever happened to that guy <laughs> that the, uh, the Bears traded for two first-round picks for for right. the Raiders? What was his name again? I said, that's easy to forget because he hasn't done much the last two years. Nobody Kalo won Mack, that deal. Nobody won it. <laughs> uh, well, the Raiders should have won the deal. They just didn't make the most of the draft picks. Yep. But the Bears traded two first-round picks, then gave Kolo uh, Mack a monster contract that he has not played up to. So it's been a bust from the Bears' perspective. But he's out for the season uh, I really, I really don't. I, I try to give double-digit dogs a hard look no. in a lot of these games, but I don't think I could get on the Bears' side against Green Bay. The first matchup was twenty-four fourteen at Soldier Field mid-October, and the, the Packers just kind of coasted that day.
3: Yeah. They, they held, like, Justin Fields and the Bears got, like, a little gasp at the end, but they were holding them at arm's length the
4: entire game. And it seems like the Bears are in a lot worse shape now than they were two months ago.
3: And then you get the Monday night game next week, which has the potential to be a good one as well, Rams and Cardinals. Uh, and this one's going to go back and forth between three all week long. As we mentioned, you know, shopping at places like the South Point, you know, alter the juice is where you're going to want to go in a game mm-hmm. like this because we're talking about 2.5 minus 115 across the board or three even money. So that's going to be the way that this is probably going to be played by books all week long.
4: Yeah, I think so. And as a bookmaker, you just hope this doesn't land on three. You're going to get a lot of people laying the two and a half with Arizona or taking the three with the Rams. And uh, first time around, it was a blowout. The yep. Cardinals beat Sean McVay for the first time. He was 8-0 against Arizona. The Cardinals won that game in a uh, runaway in L.A., total of 52. Kyler Murray back, looks pretty good. Uh, I would I would probably side with the Rams plus three, but, uh, again, that's going to be a strong two-way handle type of game next Monday. Agreed.
3: All right, we're all done here on the opening line. Decent.com, check that out because that's where all the good stuff is, including if you miss out on any part of your favorite show. See you.
0: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
2: So, should we go electric?
0: I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified?
2: Electrified?